people doubt us out here saying, you know, they, they had just me. And I knew that I had more than just me. I'm just team. kids all around me. And, you know, everyone works hard. Everyone knows their role and stepped up to play today. All we kept saying on the bench is let us have the ball for the last shot and uh, good things will happen. The guys believed all year, 15-0. Uh, uh, I can't be happier for my guys. Last time I, you know, ended last year, I was in tears telling my guys we didn't have a chance to win a state championship. And tonight, we're going home and we had won our last game of the year and not many teams can say that. What I say is this is why he stayed here with us. He was all about Bristol Central. He's been telling everyone that. That's why he didn't go to bigger preps. He didn't look at other opportunities. He's all about this. He's the one leading the chant at the end, family in the middle of the floor. Are you guys the best team in the state? Are the best player in the state? Is he the best player in the state? Yes, he is, and we are the best team, and I stand by that. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Joe Morelli, of course, is the head boys basketball beat writer for Game Time CT and the Hearst Connecticut Media Group. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. And at the top of the show, you heard the, the wild scene. I always say that. The wild scene over at East Catholic High School. The the CCC championship game between Bristol Central and host East Catholic. The number one team in the state. And uh, at, it came down to, we thought it was going to be a classic. It came down to be a classic. Uh, what's our, uh, it's just an amazing, amazing game. Uh, Donovan Klingen ended it with seconds left in overtime to give Bristol Central the 69 to 68 victory and lay their claim to the number one team in the state. You heard a little bit from coach Tim Barrett, from uh, teammate Carson Rivera, and of course you heard from Donovan Klingon, who was just dominating, as we mentioned last week, just dominating uh, with 101 points and 79 rebounds uh, through three games of the ECC tournament. They beat number four, they beat number two, they beat number one. And at the end of the day, they were declared the number one team in the state. No state tournaments, of course, but you know what? As you said, Joe, the uh, the road they took uh, pretty much sealed it for them, right? Yeah, murderer's row. And uh, first and foremost, I'm thankful we got through the season. Yep. And I'm thankful we got through the postseason where we didn't have anybody opt out in boys basketball. The sports winner is fortunate. So I want to at least get that out there. I'm very happy and we're, we're done. And it's, it was a really good season. But yeah, I, I kind of want to, yeah, Murderer's Row, I put it. I mean, I'm an old baseball fan and Murderer's Row and, you know, all the old time Yankee and uh, Carl Hubble striking out five straight uh, baseball players in the, like 35, 1935 All Star game. It's, it's just, I was, that's the murderers was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm sitting in New Haven, and again, I wish I could have been three different places. I wish I could have been yeah. at your game. I wish I could have been at the NBL to see Sacred Heart go out just because of the history. Um, but I knew deep in my heart it was going to be a heck of a game, and I didn't even, I didn't think it'd be that good. So maybe you can enlighten me. Yeah, uh, I mean, what? Bristol Central was up by 20 something points. What 21 Twice? points? Yeah, 21 points at uh in the third quarter, and then East Catholic did what East Catholic does, and that's you know get its act together, pressure defense, got them rattled, as uh, Coach Barrett said, got them rattled a little bit, had a chance, East Catholic, to really put that game away in the final minutes there. They were not hitting their foul shots. And then even in, in, uh, even in uh, the overtime period, they, they were really struggling at the foul line, maybe because they were so gassed. I didn't get to talk to uh, Luke Riley after the game. Uh, you know, it was not, obviously it was, a, it was a tough, tough loss for his team. Uh, but uh, they, maybe they were gassed. I mean, they looked gassed. They had to play full court pressure defense, and they had to really, really work hard to come back from a 20-point deficit against Donovan Klingon and a Bristol Central team that, let me tell you, you know, they're, you know, as he said, and they said in, in, in the post games, it wasn't just Klingon. I mean, Klingon did everything he had to do. And he was dominant, but his teammates stepped up, and they played great, you know. He had Victor Rosa, who was great, great football player, but he had Victor Rosa doing well. You had uh, Carson Rivera doing well. Uh, you know, Damian Glasper hitting some big shots. So they built that lead up. I mean, obviously, Klingon's great, and he draws a crowd. They're a triple team. They're trying everything they can. They would go inside. They were intimidated a little bit early by it. They were kicking it out. They weren't attacking the basket, but how can you? Because he's so great. Uh, so East Catholic comes back. They make it a little bit of a run, um, but just, you know, I think they ran out of gas. Can I ask, I, I, again, having not seen him since last year, the game that you saw last year with the last one, uh, yeah. how was their size comparable to Donovan? They're, they're, do they have enough guys to bang with him or they really weren't? 
Yeah, um, I mean, the only guy really who had any, you know, size was obviously Brody Limerick. And, but, you know, but he's, you know, <laughs> compared to Donovan Klingon, he, he, he's a smurf. I, you know, I hate to say that, but he played great, Brody Limerick. And so did Luke Riley, the, the sophomore, the, the, son, the coach's son. Um, and, and Matt Hood played pretty well. And, you know, Limerick scored 19 points and, uh, they and Luke Stroll scored 20 and they they did everything they could to come back but just the sideway they just you get the ball into Klingon and, and it's just up to him you know he's just so bit much bigger than everybody else uh and it was just hard to stop and it showed on the last play they they took that last play and they said look we're going to our guy you know and, and all he has to do is just basically to put a layup in and it was a great uh great pass by Rosa basically it looked like he took a three-point shot um, but uh, they were able to pull that one out in overtime. And I thought it was well-deserved. You know, they were celebrating and yeah, they, it, it was just kind of a culmination. They beat all these great teams and uh, East Catholic good, but you know, uh, he's the best player in the state Klingon. And we're going to talk to those guys a little bit later. I don't want to give too much away. They can talk all about it and give them a little more insight than I have. We're going to have them on. We're going to have coach Barrett. We're going to have Donovan Klingon and some of his teammates on. So yeah. I, I didn't think him. it would be, Unanimous, and it wasn't in two, 17 out of 19 first place votes, including mine. Um, but uh, listen, Saker, I mean, Saker, we'll get into Saker Hart in a few minutes, but you know, I'm not surprised they were one of a couple undefeated teams Sacred Hart, Prince Tech, Capital Prep, uh, and, and obviously Bristol Central. So listen, how thankful are we, Sean, that the CCC did it this format yeah, and not yeah, kept God. them in regions? Because then we would have been left. That's what I thought going into the year. I really thought that some of these leagues may not even play league tournaments, full league tournaments. That I thought it would be like like the fall. And then like, well, how are you going to know who's number one? Well, you guess what? It really worked out well. Hey, it worked out great. They did a it great job. It worked out there. well that they had their tournament, that the SEC had the top teams in their tournament, its tournament. The MVL did a nice seating job in its tournament. And uh, the FCAC and the SWC crown champions. I think I, I have to get my hat off, which I'm not wearing one, but I, I will say uh, methodically um, to all the leagues to, to have gotten through, to have had these league terms, giving the kids something to play for, allowing everybody a chance to be in, and giving everybody a show because it was a to me it was a great yeah. final week uh, to what was we weren't sure what we were going to have. We had a great thing, and, and I'm thankful for it. Well, well, let's run down the top ten quick and kind of get to all the, the, the sure. champions as we do this. Obviously, Bristol Central, they're number one. There's 17 first-place votes, 15-0. They beat East Catholic, which was number one. They beat North Catholic, which was number, what, three? Uh, yeah, no, number two. Oh, and two, then they, two coming in. Yeah, yeah, and then they beat Windsor, which was number four. So that they're the champs. They're number one. Congratulations to them. It was our first CCC tournament victory since 2003 number two sacred heart they go out in style they get two first place votes 14 and 0 season defeat defending champion naga tuck on their own in their own gym 57 to 50 didn't sound like a real barn burner game it was close but they won their 14th and as you mentioned final nvl title the school yep. is scheduled to close at the end of this year you know barring <laughs> well it's going to close so uh they, they go out in style it's a shame we've talked about it just some quick thoughts on sacred heart yeah, uh, Trey Duncan, one of the one of their seniors, um, had a nice, had a good performance. Yeah, you know, it's there's a lot of memories in that gym and that program. And there's gonna be a lot of people like be like, well, they're happy they're gone. But yeah. unfortunately, I just think, and that the NBL was probably not as strong as it's been in the past. I mean, Crosby had one win. I mean, when, I, I can't even fathom that. But they beat Nagatuck twice. They beat everybody they put in front of them. And again, I, I for two years myself, I'll speak only for myself here. I thought, oh, the league will catch up to him. And Nogatuck kind of did, but it was Holy Cross who took him out last year. But Sacred Heart proves that they're the best team in that league over the past decade. And, and it's, I don't know who takes over the mantle, but they, to me, it's somebody who's going to, I mean, there's a lot of history there and a lot of what they have done. I, I Listen. Whoever you put out there, however it happens, you still got to win, Sean. You can put all kinds of talented players together. It doesn't always work. You know that for football. It doesn't always work. And for whatever reason, maybe the motivation of the last season, you know, they lost good players and they still were able to win and win convincingly and not lose a game. And I think right. something should be said for that. 
Yeah, they go out on top, kind of like Jerry Seinfeld at the top of their powers. And, uh, you know, the people remember sure. that it's better to go out in a blaze of glory than to fade away like an old soldier, as uh, uh, Douglas <laughs> MacArthur used to say. So good for a sacred heart. Uh, number three, East Catholic. We talked about then Northwest Catholic. You know, they got beat up by Brist- Bristol Central, which was kind of surprising. Uh, number five, the FCAC champions, Richfield. You know, how about Richfield? You know, boys and girls, they are the, the kings of the F- kings and queens of the FCAC. Uh, how about Richfield winning uh, the FCAC championship as we thought they would, they, they actually beat up on new Canaan, uh, which was kind of a surprise. It was, you know, that, that, uh, that easy for them. Well, well easy, I, you know I, I, I had bet against them in the past. I wasn't doing it this year and, in a balanced league. And it was very balanced. Look at how many low city teams advanced, including Bassett winning, beating Staples in the first round. St. Joe's went out early. Um, Again, yeah, you kind of figured that the semifinal between New Canaan and Richfield would be your champion. And, uh, you know, when Richfield's only loss was in double overtime to New Canaan on the road. I mean, New Canaan, it doesn't, guys, they do a phenomenal job. They're the Division Four champion a couple, a few years ago. Um, listen, we, we had him on earlier this year, Coach. He does a phenomenal job, Andrew McClellan, and uh, – I'm not surprised in the least bit at all. Are you? Yeah, no, not, not at all. Um, great, great run for them. And, uh, you know, the FCAC, it, it was what it was. And they, they pretty much proved it all, all season long. And unfortunately, Bassett and Harding go back to being yeah, independent, I guess. Yeah. I know. It's too bad because yeah. I think it felt right. Right? It yeah, felt yeah, right yeah, having yeah, them yeah, back yeah. in there. And now great. where are they going to – you know who's going to – I tell you what, I, I know I mentioned this earlier. I think maybe the crowd, CRAL, will take them. Yeah, I, I don't know that. That's I a just, tough. That's a tough league to play. They got to go all the way back to Hartford. Well, they but, were in the CTC. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that, yeah, that was tough. I mean, you know, this is. Anyway, we'll 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 just let's another just time. Another time. Yeah. Right? Well, we can go into it. All right. Uh, number six, Notre Dame Fairfield pulling off the victory over Colby Cathedral, handing the Cougars in full their their first loss. Uh, you know, very quick on that game. Well, yeah, you know, what did you see guys, on it? The, the three Trinity Catholic guys who came in from Notre Dame of Fairfield because Trinity Catholic closes, yeah. who were yeah. in the FCAC final and losing to Richfield last year, all were in foul trouble. Andrew St. Louis, uh, Keem Joseph had four fouls in the first half. Um, you know, and they found a way. You know, Colby gets in that position and they step on the throw, and, and Notre Dame was able to come back. And they were able to fight back with Joseph scoring a bunch of points in the fourth quarter, and Andrew St. Louis was the game MVP, and they have athletes, boy. They have athletes. Yeah. They have size. And Colby was undersized compared to them. And but they were able to get a lead. It was it was a very enjoyable game up at Brookfield High School. A very nice place. I've never been before. I oh, compliments nice to Steve Baldwin and, and to the staff. Um, yeah, Notre Dame. And listen, I, again, they lose those three guys, but I, I'm sure Notre Dame will be fine, as I'm sure Colby will be fine. I mean, to me, those are the two. T- kingpins of the program and immaculate right there with them and then maybe stratford so yeah. um no name again finish six probably in the right spot I, I, to be perfectly honest with you before i forget i don't think anybody has a gripe who's not who's outside the top 10 i think the top 10 is really really good yeah. because i don't think anybody who really does outside of the 10 below have a have a, a gripe to well i should be in there i really don't um, all right. Well, we're just going to run through the rest of this. Number seven, West Haven. I'm going to skip them for a second because there's a lot to talk about there in little time. But yep. seven is West Haven. Eight is Windsor. Number nine, shout out Prince Tech, Tyshawn Jackson, you know, yes. Coach May, the whole guys. You know, they had the state's longest win streak, 38 games. You know, they, they defeated o- O'Brien Tech and uh, Craig Behoon, who is the coach of a, no, O'Brien Tech. So if, if, if they're not a top 10 team, I don't know what is. Yeah, well, I've seen dominated. the other nine teams. I saw the same email you did. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, so they, good, good job by them. Yeah. And then number 10 is Colby Cathedral. But, Joe, let me just jump back to West Haven. West sure. Haven in the semifinals of the, C- of the SCC tournament. <laughs> real, I mean, we only have about four minutes here, but, uh, you know, Wilbur Cross sounds like they have a gripe. They uh, very yep. – very quick. Wilbur Cross down late, scores four points off turnovers, thinks they have the game one when West Haven throws up a three, goes out of bounds. Refs put point three left on the clock. Now I'm thinking, well, they have to, this has got to be a tip in three. That's the thing I, you know, from what's the, the Knicks, uh, what's the rule? The Knicks the Ter- rule. Trent Tucker rule? Right, the Trent Tucker rule. I'm thinking this has got to be a tip in. He gets the ball, takes a step, and then turns around and throws it up. He did it real quick. They let 
and then they call a foul on on Wilbur Cross. It's on Game Time CT. If you need to see it, they call a foul. Give the kid three shots. And I listen, Eli Blackwell. That was a great. I can tell you, great job knocking those shots down to kind of give, give West State and send it to overtime, and they ended up winning the game. But Wilbur Cross, and then you had you know Buddy Chernovitz, the, uh, the 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 what are the head of the New Haven officials saying like, look, we made a mistake. You know that can't be. That's not great, but you know at least they owned up to it. Well, let's say compliments to Mike Madera for having covered it. You were obviously watching from the monitor. I was driving home from Middletown covering Notre Dame, West Haven, Xavier, and the other semifinal, the SECs. Obviously, it's hard to know what's going on, but yeah. Uh, in that situation, if you if they had put 0. 0.4 or 0. 0.5 seconds on whatever's determined, then we would not be having this conversation. Right. But by point three, by the letter of the law, you can't catch and shoot. Um, that's just the way it is. And the kid probably should have been nowhere near him to follow him, but he was. Right. Yeah. Um, so you should have gotten two shots because they were in double bonus. So they should have gotten two shots. So then you, you shoot one, make it, and then you try to that's intentionally it. miss the second well, one. And get if you get it. two shots, yeah, yeah. Well, no. So that's it. But, but, but listen, like you said, for what Eli Blocker was able to do, calmly walk away and make – I can't remember, again, how often do you see three, sec- three foul shots with no time on the clock, and he made all three. Yeah. And listen, Cross still has a shot to win in overtime, and they didn't. So, yeah, Perfect. did they get jobs? Yeah, of course they did. And it was a, a rough atmosphere, and who knows what else was go, going on there. But It was a listen. perfect storm. And then it West was. Haven, though, goes into the final, and they beat the heck right. out of Notre Dame, which, 33 again, to 8 run. I mean, 33 to 8 run. That's ridiculous. Over yeah. the course of two and a half quarters. Notre Dame's good. Notre Dame's been in the finals how many straight years? Four of the last five? Yeah. With Tremont Waters and through the last three years? They just, whatever it is, I mean, I listen, I think they're eventually going to break through. Yeah. They will, but either a pro Notre Dame has an established program under Jason Shea. They will break through. I just, it just got to the wonder if it's in their heads. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. I know that nobody wants to talk about it. 69 to 49. That was, uh, that's, you know, it wasn't like last year when they, when they did LaPut and then didn't score and yep. they had a shot to win it this year. They just got beat. They just got beat. West Haven was on all cylinders cooking that day and, Perfect hey, storm, Joe, and they took advantage of it. That's yeah, basically what happened. I mean, Ty Sullivan came to that program in July of 2018. So in less than three years, they had their first SEC championship. Said Wilbur Cross, Wilbur, it does, it does. Wilbur Cross comes back and they beat Hill House. At least they got that streak going. So oh yes, yeah, but, that's yeah, right. On so. Saturday afternoon, and I kudos to them for scheduling it. And listen, and for those who don't live in that city, it means a lot to those teams and those programs. And for Hill House to have been on COVID twice and not have played only seven games and not have played cross. I mean, I think they would have done a disservice to the kids. I'm glad they played. Good job by New Haven for getting that done. But anyway, so without further ado, let's bring in our number one team in the state, Bristol Central Rams. Ladies and gentlemen, in our final courtside podcast of the year, we have, of course, the number one team in the state with 17 of the 19 first place votes, Bristol Central High School. With his first CCC championship since 2003 on hand, we have head coach Tim Barrett and junior center Donovan Clinton. Gentlemen, hello, Joe. Congratulations, welcome. Thank you. How are you? Good. How are you? Is it has it hit you guys yet? Yeah. It's been a crazy couple of days, Joe. You know? I mean, the the text messages, the people reaching out. Um, you know, it's been it's been incredible. Uh, the school community itself, they uh, decorated the hallways here at school. And uh, it, it's something positive, I can tell you. There hasn't been much positive in the last 13 months. Um, so it, it's definitely something uplifting for the school. And it was the first time I, I felt like I got to see pure joy at, on my student athletes' faces in the last 13 months. Yeah. Don, if you can expand on that, please. Um, when Coach, like Coach said, uh, he sent us pictures Monday morning of the hallways and stuff. And I mean, that's just like, it made everyone in the school happy. And I mean, it's just everything that everyone went, went through this year. I mean, it's just a good thing that helped out everyone, I feel like. I want to get this out of the way because I know it wasn't discussed much, but Tim and I would, we talked during the year and we really weren't sure what the CCC was going to do. I mean, in the fall, due to safety reasons, and then in opposite during the regular season, they kept it in, uh, in their own regions. And we weren't sure what was going to happen. Do you, can you just walk us through how it came about that they decided to do the brackets this way? Yeah, um, they had had a, we had a, had a coaches meeting prior to the season and 
we were throwing out a bunch of ideas that our uh, liaison, Corey O'Connell, uh, was going to take back to the AD. Um, and one thing that was clear and evident is they wanted to have a CCC champion. Um, our teams feel that this is the best conference in the state, um, and we wanted to have a clear-cut champion. Uh, we had proposed a bunch of different ways. Uh, we had talked about playing a round robin versus all the number one seed from each pod. We had talked about a bunch of different ways to, you know, we didn't want people to, to be one versus 32 and then feel like, you know, that 432nd team is going to get, you know, blown out by 30 in the first game. Um, so they wanted to separate by talent and by record, and they wanted to make it meaningful for the kids. And I definitely think that the CCC did a great job with the four brackets succeeding in what they wanted uh, at the end of postseason for postseason play. Donovan, when you see the bracket come out, I mean, obviously you think we could win this. What what was your excitement level seeing where you were seated, even open up a Windsor, and just your thought process coming into the tournament? Uh, I was just excited to play some of the best teams in the state, obviously. Um, I mean, when I saw the bracket, I was like, wow, this could be some tough matchups. And so I was just excited about that. Can you, Don, walk us through a couple of the games and what your thoughts were as far as facing each team and what it was like? Uh, Windsor, I knew, like, they weren't the best when it came to, like, the bigs, but I knew they had some good guards and they're quick, and so I knew that was definitely going to be a tough game to start off with. We came out ready to play, and then after that, we moved on to Northwest, which I knew they, like, all around had a good good team. Um, Matt Curtis is one of the best players in the state. With Hayden Abdullah, um, I mean, those are just two good players who – you know, have a good team around them. So, I mean, that was a tough matchup for us, and we came out and pulled away with that victory. And then, I mean, East Catholic is East Catholic. Uh, they're just good every year, I feel like. And we fought hard and knew we had, we could win that game and went in there. You know, we slipped the lead a little bit and then got it back and came with the victory. How good was the pass he threw you? What? The last pass. The uh, it, was, it was, I mean, at first I was a little scared because I thought he was going to shoot it. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> it looked like a three-pointer. I even said so. Yeah, and then I was like, well, it, he threw it up there. And I just turned and just, it, it was the first jump pass I didn't scream. You know, normally I tell my guards not to leave their feet to make the pass. And uh, But one thing I, I can tell you is in the last huddle, we had called timeout when we uh, went when Jones was shooting the free throw, um, you know, Victor had literally had said like six times in the huddle, get the ball to Donovan, get the ball inside. Um, so I knew he wasn't shooting it because he had already talked about getting the ball inside during the huddle. He had taken control uh, like a point guard should. And, you know, one thing I say about Victor Rose is, you know, he, he's a gamer. So he, he did a great job in the, this, this run. I give him a lot of credit because he's never afraid in the big moment. And, uh, you know, you got to appreciate that, that out of one of your guards. Kind of like the old Larry Bird in the huddle, just give me the ball and get the hell out of the way. Isn't that kind of what it was like? <laughs> Remember that old story, Tim, with uh, Casey Jones? Um, Tim, we were talking about it briefly. I mean, I've been doing this 18 years, 19 years. Windsor, Ken Smith, Northwest John Mirabello, East, Luke Riley, the mean, coaches, they've been around longer than I've been doing this. I mean, th these are legendary coaches, and you beat three pro legendary programs, two on the road. Can you really comprehend what you've done and what it really means? Uh, you know, the guys you're mentioning are, are, you know, the guys you look as I was getting into this profession that I grew up idolizing. That's who you want to be. Uh, these guys have their names on the floor. I mean, they, yeah. they've earned and they've earned that respect uh, from throughout. Um, obviously, they're in a class of their own, and I, I'm nowhere near that. But you know, to have an opportunity to compete against the best uh, and to beat the best, um, you know, one thing I'll say: the one satisfying thing that I felt, Joe, at the end of the year was all that time and effort, all the late nights film sessions the four page scouting reports, um, you know, my kids executed perfectly. And, and my job as a coach is just to put our kids in the best opportunity uh, to win a game. And I felt like that we had that in all three games in the CCC tournament. Bristol Central finishing number one in the final game time CT poll, Tim Barrett, head coach, Donovan Klingon, junior center joining us. We've, you guys have mentioned it, Donovan said it. 
It's not just about Donovan. Okay. And obviously, if it's just about Donovan, we're not sitting here because you have to have a team and you have to, everybody's got to buy in, no matter how much talent you have. You guys understand that. Why did it work out so well and everything gel all year long? Donovan first, please. Um, I mean, last year we only had two seniors that left. So, I, I mean, I feel like our chemistry was, you know, it started last year, like building together as a team. And then it just carried on into this year and everyone, you know, working hard. People knew, knew their roles, which I think was the biggest thing and, you know, weren't getting mad about playing time and, you know, they were just living with what they what they have, which is important. I feel like, I mean, kids on the bench who had z- zero minutes in that final game were probably some of the happiest people after. I mean, I just feel like, I mean, everyone was just, everyone just bought in and, you know, wanted to win and wanted to be there for everyone else, which I feel like was the biggest part of our victory. Tim? Yeah, um, I, I don't think, Joe, it was as smooth as you make it seem to be. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I think, you know, there's some, there's some learning and growth throughout the season for sure. Um, with that being said, you know, by the end, you know, part of it is also learning how to play through Donovan um, because he creates a lot of our offense for, for everyone. You guys saw when we were that last game, you know, we got a lot of easy looks based upon the ball going inside to him first. Um, you know, he's an unselfish player. He'll give the ball up, especially if you're open. Um, it's learning to play through him and then accepting our roles. Uh, it's not as simple. We tried some things during the year. Uh, we were lucky to, um, you know, I, I'd like to say this. I'd like to give my my division or my pod a shout out. We won three out of the four brackets in the CCC tournament. Farmington won the B division. Plainville won the C division. So we won A, B, and C in this bracket. So we had been tested more than people thought um, during the year. The coaching staffs in our pod are, are very difficult. They don't allow you to open the floor. I thought that was the biggest difference when we went to the CCC tournament. Um, you know, Windsor's and Northwest, they do, a, they do a great job with their ball pressure, which opens the, the court a little bit more for Donovan to work. And you obviously got to see some of the numbers he put up in that last, that last week of play. How big was the Plainville win on the road uh, during the season? <laughs> you and I had talked. It, it was an ugly affair, but we survived Plainville shooting over 60% from the field, <laughs> um, making 10 threes. Um, they, they, we, uh, one thing I'll tell you about Plainville, they have five seniors, and they play well. They have good guard play. And, you know, look what they did to Manchester in that tournament. They scored 90 points on Manchester in the tournament last week uh, because of their guard play. So, you know, Coach Wenzel does a great job over there at Plainville. Um, they were better than they looked. We were coming off a Friday night game and playing a Saturday afternoon matinee, and it was just the perfect trap game. And we got through it, and it turned out to be huge because that's one of the things that allowed us to play. Uh, if we had lost one game, Joe, we would not have been a home had a, a home game in this tournament. Right. So. Donovan, I know what you hope for and obviously dream for it because we're sitting here right now talking about it. Back in November, I believe it was November 17th, when they announced that they're going to push the season back two months, I want to know what you hope for. I want to know what you really thought right then and there what was going to happen with the season. Um, I was scared for the season, to be honest. I mean, I saw that everything was shut down and everything was just kept. I mean, I didn't see anything getting better. And I don't know, my hopes were down, but. I mean, we we had the season, obviously, and um, we had zero team shutdowns, which is, I feel like, pretty good. I mean, the guys, you know, were all safe and you know, made sure that they were smart with what they were doing and, you know, realizing it would affect the team or not. And I just, I mean, I was I was scared that we weren't going to have a season, and I, I, I don't know, I just felt bad for the seniors, really. I mean, those kids got two years, thought they were going to get two years snagged from them, and, but... We had a, you know, Joe, with going on that with you're kind of related in, in Donovan's case, you know, we had talked about, you know, if, if we were canceled, was he going to move to a prep? And yep. except, except nowhere else was playing. Yeah, his best, exactly. His best chance was to stay here in the CIAC um, because, you know, there wasn't a lot of action going on outside it. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, sometimes when good karma comes with the good people and Donovan, I've always told you he's a good kid and, you know, He's put his support in Bristol Central High School, and, you know, good things happen to good people, so. Uh, Tim Barrett, Don McLean, joining us from Bristol Central. 
It's a good segue, Tim. Uh, Tim. Um, listen, there's no denying it. you have 20 Division One scholarship offers. We know one of UConn and Michigan and so on and so forth. And outside of making nothing right here and now, which I know is not happening, Donovan, how tough of a decision is this going to be? When do you want to make a decision? And what do you think your future is? Everybody's like interested in telling you, well, you should move on to prep school. You should do this. What does Donovan Klingon want to do with this year, this summer with AAU and, and Bristol Central in the future? Um, I feel like not being able to go look at a school is just holding off my decision. I mean, I, I haven't toured one campus yet. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be allowed to until maybe June. So, I mean, that's really holding me off. And uh, I feel like I want to know where I'm, like, have a, like be committed before the start of my senior high school season. I mean, I just want to go out here and play my senior season, not worrying about college. And I already have my decision and my head straight with one school. And you're staying at Bristol Central. Yeah. Yes. There's no debating that. There's no prep school. There's nobody telling you to reclassify. In your mind, you're staying, and the reason why is what? It's just uh, – I just feel like, I don't know, it's just family biggest for me, and it's just right in, right in my hometown. Uh, I mean, just my, my mom's records and stuff I want to be, and it's just like uh, just a bunch of meaning behind it. You want to talk about your mom and what she meant to you, and obviously she passed away. Just talk about what, if you can, uh, how why it's important you to finish what you started here. Um, she always told me that it's not really. I mean, she always was. I feel like against, not really against prep, but she always said it's up to you whether or not you can make it far enough, how hard you work, and you know how good you want to be. And I mean, she went on and had many Division I scholarships also and played at Maine and had a great career there. Uh, she didn't play basketball until high school, really, is when she got into it. And, I mean, she set point, rebound, block records for girls and still holds some of those records today. And I just feel like my goal is to be up there so my name's right next to her. You know, Joe, if you don't mind me adding these. No, please. One of, one of his mom's messages, he'll tell you that this, you gotta make free throws, right? Right across the bottom of her grave is like, you know, like people put it in one sentence, and right across her is just free throws from ball games. Because no matter what happened, that's that was. If you lose a game by one or two, it always comes down to free throws. And, and you know, he made the two to send us to overtime. Uh, at the end of the fourth quarter, he made two uh, in a pressure situation, and then we got fortunate that we got two miss for us at the end of overtime and then we end up scoring to take the lead and win the game. Um, I couldn't help but think that night that, you know, mom was on our side because free throws win games as she has said too many times. Uh, and, and that was just a great way um, to solidify, you know, her message that she has permanently engraved on her headstone. So. Yeah, absolutely. Donovan, have you heard from congratulatory texts from your, the colleges from about your championship were people paying assistance, paying attention. I, I assume they were. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, whole way home, I just feel like I'm a bus ride home. I I couldn't even like use my phone. Like I just feel like it was, <laughs> it, like. Oh, was it like blowing up like big time? Like and, like I feel like I'd answer a certain amount of people, but then they all they all respond again, so they're all just. <laughs> just... <laughs> has it stopped? Has it stopped buzzing? Seriously. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, so what, what, what will go into deciding besides going to visit and, and when your timetable, what will go into deciding what is best for you? Um, the coaching staff around me, I like, feel like what the coaches see in me and how they see me playing, like where, they, where I fit into their program. Uh, I feel like who's coming in around me, like good guards, like on and off the court. Um, I feel like, I feel like I don't know. I just want to walk on campus and feel like, you know, this is it. This is where I want to go. Well, I know you have your own Twitter feed, so I imagine that's where you're going to announce your decision or you're going to have a press conference. Or, of course, you can always come back here and announce it right here in the podcast. You're more than welcome. We'll do a special one. No matter, even if I'm on vacation, wherever I am, if we're allowed to travel anywhere. But, um, Tim, what do you think it will be like, the memories, year, two years, 
defending champion down the road for you guys, hearing from the other coaches? What do you think it's going to be like and mean years from now? You know, obviously, when you get into the profession, you have some team goals. Um, I think I was able to check off a couple this year um, <laughs> yeah. that, that we've been working a long way. And I can't tell you, Joe, enough. It, it means enough. I, I had to get 30 to 40 texts from former players um, right. you know, congratulating us and saying, hey, you know, you deserve it for your efforts. Um, it just, you know, it, it definitely solidifies why you put the effort in. Um, you know, I don't care as much about wins and losses. I care more about those relationships I form with these student athletes. Um, they mean the most to me. They, you know, my wife and I joke how I have 20 sons during the winter, you know, 12 months a year. Um, it's it just, you know, my family's part of it. My son loves my guys. They, he runs up to them after games. He gives them knuckles. You know, how many dunks did Donovan have today, Dad, at practice? You know, those are the average questions. So, you know, the memories are going to last, um, but at the same time, going ahead, you know, I returned four starters, basically. Um, I think the starting <laughs> on our back is going to be rather large, and uh, it was great winning the CCC championship, but uh, truthfully, we have bigger and bigger goals for next year. And let's hope hey, in the state tournament. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. Were, were they, where were you guys going to be? I mean, I guess without a tournament last year, we don't even know, but I mean, was that... I guess that would have played a factor into where you guys were going to end up this year. But I mean, our division one, I mean, last year you were division two, right? We're still, we were, we were the 30th team in division two. So we're not anywhere near moving up. Right. Uh, we would have been in division two again. Um, okay. Which is why I tell people this run was, was pretty magical because we played against two division one teams yep. and, and Northwest is in division three. Um, you know, we obviously, I thought we were set up pretty well to make a run last year. Um, the way it was set up. Uh, obviously, there's some great teams up there with Prince Tech and Naugatuck and, and those schools. Uh, we had already played Innovation, who was the three seed last year, um, and had handled them. Um, but, you know, obviously, this year, we all I, could all I told my guys is win everything you possibly can. Win every game, win the CCC tournament, win your division. That's all you can take care of. And uh, my team was fortunate to do all the things that we said. We had a list before the year, and uh, not many years you get to say you checked off every box that you possibly could. How important, we talked early on, Tim, about being prepared in mass, being in condition where maybe other teams weren't ready on February 8th. <laughs> we were, I can tell you this, we weren't ready on January, whatever that was, 22nd when we started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my practice plan I had written out, I threw it out after eight yeah. Um, because we couldn't do what we normally do. Uh, but throughout the year, the conditioning really started to increase um, as we played, but it also comes from practice. Um, not saying our practices are always great or to the level where I want them to be, but the harder you practice in a mass, the easier the game time situations are going to get because of the breaks that happen in a basketball game. Uh, I do think the CCC Sorry, the CIAC did a good job with mass breaks, the four-minute mark. Um, that was huge for somebody like Donovan that's playing 32 minutes a game pretty much uh, to get that extra minute time out halfway through that first quarter. So it was really helpful. You think it was a good job? Because people, some people are like, that's eh, not a big deal. But I think, yeah. obviously. I, I think if you have a lot of depth, then it's not a big deal. But we, you know, playing seven guys, uh, that minute break in the middle of the quarter is a big deal. Tim, have you, how many – Former coach or coaches profession have you heard from? Congratulatory text. Oh, uh, a lot. I heard from a lot of public school coaches, I can tell you. <laughs> you no, know, so, public schools. Um, but, you know, I heard from a lot of coaches. I, and actually, it's funny you asked about, yeah, I've heard from a lot of the, the, the colleges that have recruited Donovan as well. They've reached out. And, uh, you know, because obviously Luke Riley and East Catholic, their, their reputation stands for themselves. So if you can beat Luke and never mind beat Luke at home, uh, yeah. you can really accomplish something. Because I'm not so sure. I was trying to think back when the last time they had lost a home game was. I'm trying to think about it myself. It's I God. know it had been over three years. I know that. Yeah, I, I can't even think of when they might have. Maybe Windsor. I don't even know if it was Windsor. So I know you, you heard from Kenny. What did Kenny Smith have to say? I just congratulated us. Um, you know, and obviously he was proud of, Definitely where the uh, – Kenny's taking me under my wing, his wing a little bit. He beat me pretty good his uh, first year – my first year of coaching, but we had scored – he beat me like 86-78, I can tell you. 
I had Daquan Brooks who went on to Western Connecticut and set all those records. And uh, but we had hung with him pretty well, and he had kind of taken me under his wing since then. And uh, I really appreciated him reaching out. He actually reached out about eleven o'clock on Friday night. John, let's talk a little bit about your AAU season. What, uh, when you start up, what, what the expectations are, where it is, just to let people know. Um, start on Friday. Wow. <laughs> no, no wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's team? We'll, we'll just explain to where it is, who's on the team. Just let people know what's going on. Um, right now, we're just starting practice this Friday, and then we get one game Saturday. And then, but next weekend, we start traveling. Uh, I'll be in Pennsylvania. Texas, uh, I think Florida eventually, Vegas, uh, Jersey, and it should be all over. I just got the schedule like 20 minutes before I got in here, so I really haven't looked into it too much. But well, based out of Boston, right? What's the name of the team? Uh, team Spartans. Uh, Matt Curtis is on that team from Northwest, yes? Yeah, and Hayden Abdullah, he also plays for Northwest. Right. Anyone else of note? Uh, from Connecticut, no. Okay. Well, guys, I know you guys got to go. Uh, Sean, was there anything you wanted to throw no, in? No, I'm all set. Guys, J Tim, is there something else you want to add, Tim, Donovan, anything? Thank you. No, thank you, and I appreciate everything. You know, we've obviously communicated a bunch this year as this went on. Um, I appreciate both of you guys. You guys are professional in everything you guys do. So thank you for everything you do for uh, Connecticut High School Basketball. Thank appreciate you. it. And thank all right, you guys good luck next coming. year. Thank you guys for coming on. Tim Barrett. Uh, Donovan Klingon from Bristol Central, thank you, and congratulations on a fabulous year. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So, Joe, that was uh, Donovan Klingon and uh, Coach Tim Barrett. And, uh, hey, you know, uh, they what a run and what a great job they did. I mean, obviously, you know, when you have a seven-footer on the team, uh, you know, some people were saying to me, you know, oh, of course, you know, well, what do you expect? He's, he's people were actually saying that. Yeah, you know, like, they were saying that online. They were like, you know, oh, well, what do you expect? They had a seven-footer on the team, you know. Obviously where, do you get, to... where do you find these Twitter people? Because they don't bother yeah, me. They, they, they it's, don't... Like, it's like, no, 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 I want to I want to make this point. No, I want to stop you because people are – so basically people are like, ooh, well, they have a seven. People understand basketball. You need to buy in. You need to have a team. Sure, well, you don't win without Donovan Kling, but come on, guys. No, no, it was more like, you know, it was more – it was because a lot of the UConn guys retweeted the – the video I put up, you know, uh, your boneyard and all those little guys and uh, people who would follow them kind of chimed in like, Oh, you know, let me see him play against guys who are, you know, not, you know, six foot or pushing, you know, six foot tops, you know, or five, six, you know, and uh, that was the, that was the thing. Let me see him play again. Well, he's going to do that. He's going to do that in AU. He's going to do that. Yeah. You know, I, but here's the thing, you know, just cause you're seven foot doesn't mean you can play ball. Yeah, no. sure. You can jump up and stuff, but listen, this kid's got, he's clearly put in the work in, you know, it's we've seen seven footers over the years that don't amount to anything because they don't put in the work or they just don't have talent. It's and people possible yeah. to be seven feet and not have talent. I get people want to see, and they want to see him go on the prep school. They want to see him play against the best and right classify. Well, maybe he wants to stay at Bristol central. Maybe the colleges want him. Who knows? Listen, like you said, he's going to go play against, he mentioned all the states he's going to play in. So in AAU, and that's where he's going to get quality competition. And then he's going to make his decision. And if he decides to go to a Putnam sign or whatever, then he decides that if he decides to stay, you know, eventually he's going to get the work at a college program. Somebody's going to sign him and take him. And yeah, I get people want to see that, but it's like, always like, it's always something, Sean. So now it's, he, well, I want to see him play against the, well, he played against the best the CIC has to offer this year and beat yeah. them all. So, yeah. so do you want, would you guys rather see him go to prep school? I'm talking to everybody out there who's making these comments. Would you rather see him go? Or would you rather see him stay for the good of the kid? Is it better? He goes, I don't I'll know what. that question, but what I will say is how many kids have the CIC lost to prep school? How many kids are going to lose? We lose this year. Do you want to see them stay or do you want to see them go? If you don't want to see him stay, well, Stop a lot of those guys probably a lot of those guys probably don't care where you know they just want to see him on their team, and they want to see how good he is. You know how sure. good. Sure, and listen, he, I would like to myself see him against a like set six nine. That's why I was asking about the kids from who have size from East Catholic, but and Hayden Abdul is six eight from Northwest Catholic, and he towers over him. That's just yeah. the way it is. Um, I'll tell you what, I want to see him on Mohegan Sun. I want to see them play at Mohegan Sun. That's what I want. 
Listen, I want to have Mohegan Sun next year. Who yeah. the heck knows what we're going to have? We don't. Uh, I think we'll who... have Mohegan Sun. Well, I think I, we're yeah, be my limited capacity. Who knows, Sean? You're going to have nine thousand people. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, yeah I mean, I how, be, how was it there? How was the crowd? You said it was a limited audience, right? It was limited. It was, you know, there were probably a hundred people there, you know, which isn't. There are parents, basically, it's parents of everybody. Um, I don't even know. There were some. Bristol Central people there, but it was mostly East Catholic. It got loud. I'll tell you that much. It's a small place. It got loud. Nice place, um, isn't it? The yeah, oh, I've been there before. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a real. That's the second time I've been there, or third time. Um, but uh, it was. Yeah, it's a nice place. You know, those Catholic school gyms. They're you know they 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 are band boxes, and that's what's kind of like the mystique about them. They're small little you know intimate places. So that was nice. I mean, it got loud. It was a small crowd, but it was loud, and uh, you know it felt like a championship atmosphere, and that was great. And I was really appreciative of that. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously it wasn't Buckley with, you know, 2,000 people screaming. Yeah, as you mentioned, Babe Allen. At yeah. the top of them, but that's Babe Allen Fieldhouse. But, you know, uh, like he said, though, listen, they can only get better. He can only get better. And, uh, you know, that's uh, – they're going to be – I guess it's going to be Division Two next year. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they can ask to move up right now. I don't. I. I, I, mean, I, I, I doubt they would even do that. I mean, so it's tough. It's a tough call. But regardless, there are going to be good, some good teams that are going to play. And I'd love to. I mean, I think regardless, way they need to. They need to get a Mohican Sun. I mean, he need. Uh, imagine that. And that place is going to be filled to the rafters with if he if somehow coach and and the rest of the team get there next year. Well, let's let, let, let's put it this way, okay? Let's go back to 2017 when Tremont Waters comes from. Um, South Kent to Notre Dame West Haven, right? Yeah. The day he comes, and I, I had some knowledge. August, I was on vacation, yeah, and I wrote yeah. a story. Point being is, that my phone blew up that day. When my phone blew up, I, 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 I called Al Carbone. I said, "You gotta go get Quinnipiac." I told him that, and I know, give him credit for getting it. If you remember what that was like, yeah, he sold out buildings from my waters, right? Yep. And he sold out Quinnipiac in one of the great games, great atmospheres. And Quinnipiac, yep. they have not sold out other than one other time that arena for basketball and mm. for all Quinnipiac college teams that come through. Okay. Point I'm trying to make is if we have full capacity, think about how many buildings this kid's going to sell out next year. Oh, my God. Yeah. Think how many he's going to sell every time he plays it's gonna against be... a quality team. Every guy with a Twitter feed and a, and a camera going to be taking highlight videos yep. and sharing, you know. And uh, you know every every coach you can think of that wants to get a you know seven foot one kid on the. Well, he's already going to have committed though, so he's going to have. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's going to have committed. So uh, people. Well, you know how that goes. Remember, like Tremont Waters, where he he committed in Georgetown first. He did committed in yeah in March. They were you know right, and they were there were coaches all following him throughout the season too. So right, you know, um, and he sold out buildings. So that's what's going to be. He sold out buildings, and the the only problem was that you know he cashed out in in the state tournament. He completely just you know once they got down to Danbury, Danbury took him out, and that was that. At law, sold out gym. I wasn't there. At law, sold out. We didn't think that was going to happen, but you know, by all by all accounts, they you know checked out once once he lost the Hill House game, he didn't care anymore. Well, it's not going to no. right. You're right, and it's not going to be easy because everybody's going to want want a piece of the the big guy and a piece of the action. So it's yeah. going to be hard to get the Mohegan even in Division Two because you just you know, you're going to get a team that slows it out, goes four corners. Yeah. They're not going to go at that guy, that guy. But yeah, yeah, I just hope we have a chance to see it. Yeah, I do too. And he um, says listen. he says you're going to. He says he's staying. So all right. Well, yeah. I take I him mean, at his word for now. They are right now a, a favorite. Listen, uh, uh, that's a tough, tough conference. You know that, uh, you know the Mirabellos, the 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 Smiths, and the Rileys are gonna, you know, lick their wounds and uh, reevaluate what it's gonna take to beat a guy like that and how to beat him. And uh, and whoever they have coming in, obviously, you know, his sons there and Luke and. Uh, and uh, that's going to be really interesting to see I me. Mean, they are all going to have some uh, some interesting uh, solutions for him. And, uh, you know, obviously he's going to draw a crowd. And, and you know, that's why he's got to work this summer and he's got to get better. And, and uh, you know, he's got to shake that stuff off. And it's going to be tough. You know, I don't, whether it's Division One or Division Two, probably Division Two. Um, it's going to be no easy yeah. task. Probably easier if they're in Division One, But if they win through the CCC again, you know, that's going to be uh, – that's going to really put them in – I mean, how about that, Joe? What if they win the CCC again 
East Catholic or someone goes on to win the Division One tournament, and Bristol Central wins Division Two. What do you do then? You mean as far as who's number one? Yeah, who's number one? Bristol Central. Yeah. <laughs> so they are in a great spot being in the CCC. Um, you know, they can stake another claim to number one next year. Again, they're all jacked up. You know, they all, they're all, and again, their whole team's coming back. So, so four uh, stars, you said, right? Yeah. So you said four, four stars. stars. That's, that's listen, all man, the that's, guys who had a hand in the game are going to be back. Let's let's put it this way: it's it's a it's a great story. Okay, I mean, again, we talk about we for all those who love the can't stand the Catholic schools, you you gotta like the story, right? If yeah. you, if you, you're happy, you beat two of the premier Catholic schools and great coaches in the state. It's a great story, and again, he doesn't do it all by himself. He's a no. huge part of it. They they go nowhere without him. Oh yeah, well he makes the whole team. I mean, I mean he makes it as in like his presence there completely changes everything. So if as long as his teammates are there, they knock down shots like Rosa did, like Rivera did, you know, uh, they're going to be in great shape because if you're gonna you're gonna say all right, we'll let the rest of the team beat us. But first of all, you're not stopping clinging because you know one's seven foot, and you know he's gonna get the ball, and he's gonna get his points and his boards. Yep. You know he's just he's just that good, but. You know, if somehow you find a way to deny him the ball, which <laughs> good luck, um, then you got to contend with some other guys out there knocking down shots. Because That's he finds be tough. people. He's able, he kicks it out. He's, he moves the basketball. He does move the basketball. Listen, Rose is an athlete. Um, right. No, they are all. But Rose is, Rose is a, he is a tremendous athlete. Right. Um, so, he, listen, he's got a cast. He's got a cast, and uh, it should be very, very fascinating. Let's see what East Catholic brings back next year and what Kenny Smith's got and you know, Northwest, obviously Curtis, they're going to want to, they're going to want to. Let's see. Let's see if they, who they schedule out, outside. Yeah. You know, do they do, do, do Christmas tournament? Do they I bring mean, in guys? People are, are people going to be lining up to go play that team? I don't know. No, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'd be very anxious to see who out of the SEC, who out of the FCAC maybe wants to play, uh, you know, up there or out there, you know, that'll be interesting. Um, but, you know, just based on what I've seen around the state, I, you know, again, I don't, I think this is the CCC, or bust far uh, next year as well. Far, far and above, above right the best conference. It just is. And, and nothing to disrespect to the other conferences. And people can, are going to defend their conferences. And that's their right. But to me, it's the CCC and it's everybody else. So I think they proved it. I think they proved it. They proved it. Yeah. No, it was no question. But listen, once we get a full season under our belts, we're going to be playing yeah. the list. The, the reports on the vaccines are, that are work. the vaccines are working. And we might have to jump through some hoops. Uh, you know in the fall but i think by winter i think we're gonna be in a good spot i pray we are i'm pretty sure we are as far as the pandemic goes i feel like it's gonna be a full season mohegan sun the whole works and i'm excited it's gonna be great just it's gonna be the unknown i mean at least we have to know a little bit but you know it's gonna be really it's gonna be fascinating to see who's doing what and how and the clinging show how far can they go yeah i'm just happy we got through this year i really am i'm happy we we were able to complete a season and legitimately have a number one team that really nobody can argue about yeah no absolutely so uh i guess joe that's gonna be a, a podcast and a season thanks for joining me as always thank and uh, it's been a fun yeah, nice job. getting all the guests and uh thanks for uh, everybody out there listening uh you know it was a weird season but uh there was some interest and we gotta thank the ccc and uh bristol central for that so uh joe you want to take us out for sean patrick foley I am Joe Morelli. Thank you for listening to the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast all season long. Good night from 2021. We'll see you in December. Right. I hope. I hope. <laughs>